live show coming up on December 30th that we wanted to tell you about. 2019 has been a breakthrough year for the wide-ranging indie jam community. Three of the most exciting acts in the larger genre, Riley Walker, Chris Forsyth, and Garcia Peoples, have each released standout records and performed excellent month-long residencies throughout New York City. Now all three are teaming up for a highly anticipated fish after show on December 30th at La Poisson Rouge, Electric in the Village, presented by Osiris Media. Just a 10-minute ride downtown on the A-Line, the show is sure to go deep into the night and blur the lines between the collective groups. Yeah, normally I have a tendency to avoid fish after parties just because I've already dance as much as I can dance for three hours seeing an incredible band, but I will make an exception for this one, because I was fortunate to catch some of the uh, Garcia people and Chris Forsyth residencies. They had a New Blue. Each show was fantastic. The first Chris Forsyth show where he was backed by Garcia Peoples in early September was one of the best shows I've seen this year, and I'm very excited to see them do it all again. Tickets are on sale now at LPR.com. 15 bucks in advance, $20 the day of the show. A dollar of each ticket purchased will be donated to the Waterwheel Foundation, supporting local needs in Vermont. December 30th is always a standout show for fish. Keep the, keep the jams going at LPR for Electric in the Village, presented by Osiris Media, with Riley Walker, Chris Forsyth, and Garcia Peoples. Your 2020 self will thank you from the future. Brinkman. You are tuned in to episode number 85 of the Beyond the Pond podcast. This is the podcast which, generally speaking, Brian and myself utilize the music of Fish as a means of getting the listener to listen to other bands. These are generally not jam bands because we love Fish. We are Fish fans. 
Sometimes fish fans get a bit myopic in their listening habits, only focusing on their favorite band, because obviously with fish, there is a lot to get into. So we're trying to do a little bit uh, something about that. But at the same time, this pond is open. We are welcome to anybody looking to expand their musical horizons. So we try to focus on as much new music as possible. Absolutely. We are here in episode 85 doing what annually might be my favorite episode of the entire year to do. We are looking back at all the records that we loved, at all the records that our listeners loved, all the records our friends loved, and we're counting down our top albums of 2019. If you've been listening to Beyond the Pond since our inception, the last couple of years, you've probably heard at least one of these. You know the drill. We go through a bunch of records we love. We gush about why we love them and put them in some uh, uh, some space that we have decried as this is why this is number five and this is why it's number two and this is why it's number one. In the end, all that matters is we hope that you guys get a bunch of, a ton of new music following this episode to dive deep into. Oh, indeed. An outline some of the themes that you're going to expect to hear in this episode include Beyond the Pond Honorable Mentions, our top live shows of 2019, Beyond the Pond Community, you guys, your top albums, and finally, our top albums of 2019. And on that, let us get to the Beyond the Pond wrap-up of 2019. Before we get to the official countdown, and similar to last year, we have expanded this. In 2017, we did a top 10. Here, we're going to do a top 20 once again. Um, But as Dave and I were texting uh, in the days leading up to the recording for this, we just realized there has been too much good music released this year. It's been an unbelievable year to discover new music. Both of our interests have just exploded and expanded in many ways beyond where we were when we started this podcast. In others, they've been solidified and uh, we've just discovered more bands that fit in what we love to hear. As a result of that, there is kind of an ongoing, exhaustive, honorable, just missed the cut, overlooked, still must hear list of albums that uh, we've compiled here in no particular order. And we want to share all of them here with you guys, all of which I will say will uh, 
uh, expand into a, uh, a singular playlist for you guys to hear. But um, before we jump in, I do want to just say every one of these albums we absolutely love. It just kind of missed the cut for us, but that does not mean uh, that we did not enjoy or listening or discussing all these records. And so we wanted to give them some love here. So Dave, what do you got? Okay. I have Charlie Bliss, Young Enough, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors, Lady Tron, self-titled album, Ride, This Is Not A Safe Place, have album called Fire In The Hole by the band Black Peaches, No Geography from the Chemical Brothers, His Golden Messenger, Terms of Surrender, a uh, perennial Beyond the Pond favorite, that guy. Have an album by Sun Watchers, Illegal Moves, White Denim, In Person, Excellent Live Album, $75 Bill, I Was Real, Bob Mould, Sunshine Rock, Billy Strings, Home, is an incredibly good live bluegrass, also makes a fantastic record. Carla Ray Jepsen, Dedicated, Craig Finn, I Need a New War, Darren Heyman, 12 Astronauts. Domingang, No Keys, Hold Steady, Thrash Into the Passion, bit of a comeback album for those guys. Ian No, spelled N-O-E, Between the Country, and Hot Chip's latest album, Bath Full of Ecstasy. So I've got Deer Hunter, Why Hasn't Everyone Already Disappeared, Jessica Pratt, Quiet Signs, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow, Strand of Oaks, up there with His Golden Messenger is some one of our favorite live acts, one of our favorite musicians. Uh, Tim Showalter, you guys might remember him from an uh, episode earlier this year. Eraserland. Bill McKay, Fountain Fire. Mary Lattimore and Mac McCoffkin, New Rain Duets. Christian Fenizes, Agora. Bruce Hornsby, Absolute Zero, really fantastic record. DeLoreans, self-titled record. Clark, Kiri Variations, Joan Shelley, Like the River Loves the Sea, Dive, Deceiver, Swan's new album, Leaving Meaning, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghost Team, Red River Dialect, Abundance, Welcoming Ghosts, Michael Vincent Waller, Moments, Bill O'Kurt, Odds Against Tomorrow, Nils Fram's new album, All Encores, absolutely love that, uh, and the latest release, from Riley Walker along with Charles Rumback, Little Common Twist. Uh, I've probably listened to that 10 times since it came out and debated throwing it here in my top 20, but wanted to give it a shout out here. Fantastic, fantastic record. Uh, and I'd be remiss, it missed my top 20. Uh, Train of Stasio's Ghost of the Forest Project. Uh, I, I really enjoyed listening back to that record here in the, uh, in the months since that came out. So um, really great stuff this year. Uh, I think that we would both agree that at times we felt overwhelmed with how much good music there was. It felt like there were at least six or eight Fridays where we were like, I don't know if there's enough time in the day to listen to all this music. Uh, one of those being the first Friday that we were in Nashville when it felt like 17 records came out that we wow. loved, plus a Killer Garcia People show. So uh, really, really fun year to cover, huh? Yeah, 2019... It was just a confetti cannon of music. I don't yeah. seem to recall 2018 or 17 being this intense. It just seems like after with the 2020s coming up, everyone just wanted to get put their best foot forward. 
at the same time, it was interesting in that I had uh, some old standbys put out records that I wasn't terribly impressed with this year, being The National and Slater Kinney. Maybe a bit more on that later. Neither is bad, but just was a bit underwhelmed. Well, I think that, that that's a really good point, and I think that that's one of the things that excited me so much about this year. Um, kind of just setting the table here for what you guys are going to hear from us, from uh, listeners and the larger community as well. I think what excited me so much about 2019 is it felt like every Friday and then, you know, subsequent week, I was finding a band I'd never heard of before who had maybe one or two releases out that was making music that just really excited me. Whereas in past years that we've done this, I found that we've had a lot of really big records from bands that we were anticipating big records from and kind of spurt dispersed in there were some newer bands. This was really defined for me this whole year by just not, not only discovering new albums, but new bands at the same time. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, very much so. I mean, really fun. New bands, new albums, and there were, you know, some classic standbys that actually ended up with putting out some of their best work that uh, was featured in our list, certainly. Some legacy bands you'll see came through. But why don't we just go forward for the next portion? Let's jump into uh, some of the top live shows we saw in 2019. Brian, if you want to kick that off. Yeah, so we wanted to go through, we've both seen a lot of concerts here this year. We wanted to go through our three favorite from 2019. Uh, so mine, I've got two in March and one in September, uh, but I saw a lot of really great music in between there. Uh, March 8th, 2019, saw Lowe, uh at Globe Hall here in Denver, Colorado, uh, touring on Double Negative, my number two favorite record from last year, uh, my number five of the overall decade. Uh, quietest show I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, unbelievable fan uh, uh, attention and just incredible how they took the music from that album and uh, played it live. Um, Cass McCombs, March 20th at the Fox Theater in Boulder, Colorado. Unbelievable show from Cass. It's my fourth time seeing him. Um, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but a very jammy, very loose show that uh, I just couldn't get enough of uh, that that type of style, type of sound he was playing in this year. Uh, and then September 14th, 2019, it's at Front Row for Strand of Oaks. Uh, their opening act is uh, his lead guitarist got sick. And so Tim Showalter came out with sunglasses and uh, ripped sleeves and said this is the debut performance from the Mile High Club. And they went on to play a like 25, 30-minute Crazy Horse-style jam and then played a fantastic set on his own afterwards. It's an uh, uh, unbelievable evening. Uh, Tim Showalter is such a wonderful human being, great songwriter, and uh, live just rips it up. So, uh, Dave, what do you have as your top shows of 2019? Well, I actually did not go to a lot of shows in 2019 because we had our, our second daughter in May. So that kind of, uh, there was large chunks of time after that where I was was homebound. But I managed to get out of the house before that. The first show I have actually took place very early in the year. This was January, I want to say January 9th of 2019. I saw Modesky, Martin, and Wood alongside the band Alarm Will Sound at Brooklyn Steel. 
L'Ambel Sound, I think, is about a 20-piece chamber orchestra um, alongside Modesky, Martin, and Wood. So L'Ambel Sound, they kind of, um, they had their own improvisations, and then they also played with MMW. They added to their songs. Uh, I think MMW had their own solo set. This is actually a a very interesting treat because um, one of the members of Alarm Will Sound on this evening happened to be um, happened to be Drew Hits, who's um, a big fish Twitter guy. He's one of our good friends. He's uh, active in the fish community, and he's a professional tuba player by trade. I know he's a huge fan of MMW, so this was kind of wish fulfillment for him. Wish fulfillment for his uh, his buddies out in the audience. That was just a fantastic show, uh, top to bottom. One month later, Brooklyn Steel at the same venue on February 21st. I got to cross the guy off my list because I got to see Bob Mould for the first time play with his trio. I think on bass was Jason Narducci and on drums, John Worcester, also of Super Chunk and Mountain Goats fame. That was just an incredibly rocking top-to-bottom show. It's kind of funny because he played solo songs. He played a lot of Husker Du songs. And when the Husker Du songs and his solo songs are stripped of uh, their studio differences, it just sounds like one long, awesome song. I know I think he did two encores at that show. I got to hear him play Celebrated Summer, probably my favorite Husker Du song. That was just incredible, shouty, awesome Wish fulfillment. And later that year, on September 6th of 2019, at New Blue, I saw Chris Forsyth with Garcia Peoples. It seems like I saw a lot of Chris Forsyth and Garcia Peoples in 2019 because uh, it was incredibly huge years for both of those bands. And uh, of course, Chris Forsyth and his band and, uh, and Garcia Peoples. This was actually the first night of a four-night Chris Forsyth residency. Garcia Peoples were the special guests, so they came on and played a set of their own, and then they were Chris's backing band, playing a lot of songs off of his uh, recent album, All Time Present, which is a fantastic record. I think Chris commented and said that Garcia Peoples know his songs better than he does. So... (laughs) That whole set is uh, was recorded by the New York City Taper Crew. That's up on Archive. Please check it out. It was phenomenal. And I think those people will be showing up on our list much later. So you'll be hearing about them soon. Absolutely. Uh, so keeping this train rolling, we're going to jump in here to Beyond the Pond Community Favorite Albums. Uh, so we pulled our community here over the last couple of weeks uh, track some of our favorite people down to get uh, a sense of what they've been listening to, what they've connected with. Some of these people decided to rank things. Other people just gave us five records. All good, all gravy. Either way, we were excited to hear all this. And uh, one thing that's always cool for me when we get these community favorite albums in is to see, oh yeah, I remember when we talked about that album. Or to hear from someone who we know an album that really affected them that uh, we hadn't discovered yet. So there's, there's always a great opportunity of discovery for us, as well as reassurance of uh, where uh, where our listeners are at um, following a year of going beyond the pond as well. Um, so I will go ahead and kick this off here. We've got uh, Sam Timber. can be found on Twitter, at Sam Timber. He's got at number five, The High Women, self-titled album. 
Steve Gunn, The Unseen In Between, Better Oblivion Community Center, the Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Orse uh, Collective, their self-titled record, Kishibashi, uh, Omi Yari, I think I pronounced that correct, and at number one, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow, and then we've got John McGar, At High Pockets, number five, Cool Sounds, More to Enjoy, number four, Garcia Peoples, One Step Behind, number three, Fruit Bats, Gold Past Life, number two, Jake Xerxes Fusel, Out of Sight, Number one, uh, heavy album for Mr. McGar, The National, I Am Easy to Find. We've got Dallas Way. He's got Purple Mountains, self-titled, of course. Eldago Negro, This Is How You Smile. He's got Mike, all capital letters, Tears of Joy. He's got JPEG Mafia, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. And Black Midi, Schlagenheim. We have our buddy Jacob Austin, who's on Twitter at, at Milwaukee Jam, or at M-I-L-W-J-A-M. He's got Terry Allen, Pedal Steel in Four Corners, Better Oblivion Community Center, self-titled. Todd Snyder, Cash Cabin Sessions Volume 3, The High Women, self-titled. The Comet is Coming, Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery. I think that was the first of two of the Comet is Coming albums that came out this year. And he's got King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard, Organ Farmer. Moving on, we got Brian Lee Weaver. Can be found at Brian Lee Weaver. You heard him recently in episode 81, Tacos and Jams with Chef Brian Lee Weaver. You're in Nashville. We remind you once again, check out the Butcher and Bee and especially the Red-Headed Stranger. He sent us... Tyler the Creator, Igor, Flying Lotus, Flamagra, Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that came out the day we got to Nashville, and we you definitely did. listened to it there. Uh, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury, Arrange, Blood Dust, and uh, Honorable Mention, uh, Fuck a Twigs, Magdalene, and then we got Kathleen Hinkle, who can be found on Twitter at Van City Visuals and at Mike Side Dykeside. Uh, at Mike Side Dykes is the Twitter handle. Uh, she was on episode 31, The Great Curve, uh, the great curveball that wasn't, unfortunately. And uh, I believe it was episode 76 that we dedicated to her when we covered the Vancouver Tweezer. She has oh, yeah. number five, The Lennon Claypool Delirium, South of Reality. Gary Clark, Ju- Gary Clark Jr., This Land. Lizzo, number three, Cuz I Love You. Number two, once again, The High Women, self-titled uh, album. And number one for Kathleen, Ghosts of the Forest, self-titled. Just a reminder that if you are a fan of this podcast, listen to this podcast, and you go to Nashville and somehow leave without going to Red-Headed Stranger or The Butcher and the Bee, you will... Uh, You'll just be vaporized upon returning to wherever you're coming from. That's what happens. So don't be that guy. Going forward with community lists, we have our buddy Joel Burke on Twitter at PFCIDB. Also the owner of Sweet Blog. It's S-W-E-E-T-B-L-A-G-H. 
Is that at Blogspot? Uh, it's at Tumblr. And uh, oh, okay. I should note here that uh, we're, we're working with Joel to get him on in early 2020. And I think you guys are going to love uh, what, what we've got in store here. He's fantastic. So we had Jonathan Abrams, National Information Society, Mandatory Reality. Those guys play in your neighborhood. You should go. Yes. That's all I have to say about that. $75 bill. I was real. Jamie Branch, Fly or Die 2, Bird Dogs of Paradise. Moon Bros, not Moon Duo, Moon Bros. The Easy Way is Hard Enough. And Health and Beauty, Shame Engine slash Blood Pressure. Got Paul Saylor, Twitter, at Coltrane1973. He's got Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell. Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors, and Way's Blood, Titanic Rising. And finishing off this segment of uh, BTP Community Top Albums, we got our friend Michael Shields at Mike Shizza, uh, S-H-Z-A. He is the editor-in-chief at Across the Margin, host of two fantastic podcasts here at the Osiris Podcast Network. Um, welcome to the party, pal. As well as beyond the margin, he's got Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury, Freddie Gibbs, Freddie, Purple Mountains, self-titled, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow, and Fontaine DC, Dogrell. And finally, we got Colin Warren, the editor of the McCarthy Canards, a big friend of the pod here. Bill Callahan, Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest. Hayes, Carl, What It Is, Hot Chip, Bath Full of Ecstasy, Purple Mountains, Self-Titled, and Bryce Dessner and Bonnie Prince Billy, Blackbird. To myself, but someone's gotta say it hell. I mean, things have not been going well. It's time I think I finally fucked myself. You see the life I live is sick and innocent. So transitioning into our official countdown. So as noted at the start of the episode here, uh, we are going to feature, we're each going to talk about 20 albums. We ranked our top 20s uh, this year. Uh, We're going to take the 20 through 11 a little bit faster than the uh, 10 through 1. So let that section marinate a little bit. But we're going to jump in here with our top 20 through 11. David, what are your uh, 20 through 16 records in 2019. Okay, so for number 20, have a, a Philadelphia-based artist named Steph Chura, spelled a S-T-E-F-C-H-U-R-A. Album's called Midnight. This is just a very sturdy kind of mid-fi, almost like 90s-sounding indie rock album. It's got two amazing songs, being um, Sincerely Yours and They'll Never. I mean, those songs were so good, it kind of like forced me to listen to the rest of the album and to find that most of the songs are pretty good. Those were standouts. This is just really good 
steady rock and roll. If she'd been around in the 90s, she'd probably toured the country with like Luscious Jackson or like the Breeders or something like that. So I would uh, certainly check it out if you're a fan of kind of good 90s female-fronted indie rock bands. Number 19, I had a, a band that was one of Brian's honorable mentions. It's Dive, D-I-I-V, Deceiver. This is all the heavy shoegaze vibes. They're one of uh, the more effective shoegaze bands out there right now. They definitely signed the came for 1991. This is their third record. It's a bit darker and heavier than their prior two because um, I know their front man had been grappling with addiction and apparently at this point he's sober and wanted to make an album to uh discuss that fact it's very indebted to my bloody valentine some songs are almost like rips at one point but it's uh excellent if you're a fan of the shoegaze sound lots of uh like siamese dream vibes as well so i had from a number 18 album self-titled record by the band black pumas who i had a uh, Discussed a few episodes back. It's a very soulful, very catchy, extremely well-produced album. It has two individuals. One guy builds all the tracks. The other guy sings atop of them. And then live, they're a huge band. It's a big throwdown. Excellent live act. Number 17, the man, the myth, the legend, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Colorado. He's definitely starting to show his age at this point. This album kind of creaks around like a bit of a lumbering beast. Crazy Horse doesn't always stay in time. They sound even more simplistic than usual. But it still hits very hard. It sounds great. It has a very lived-in, one mic in a room type of sound. And uh, surprisingly, Neil comes off with some of his uh, greatest acoustic ballads in years interesting considering it's a crazy horse album but when it does have the big 13 minute jam she showed me love it kicks so much ass number 16 matt lajoy the center and the fringe uh this is an album i discovered uh from jeff conklin's avant ghetto radio show on wfmu which i think is on sunday nights now at 10 o'clock it's essential listening if you want to discover new and interesting psychedelic music. This record, to me, sounds like falling through spider webs. It's just a gorgeous, spare, haunting guitar record. Something Brian and I texted each other excitedly about. I said, have you heard this record? And he texted back, holy shit, yes. You might say I'm an old white guy. I'm an old white guy. So this is a really good segue because my number 20 record is Matt LaJoy, The Center and the Fringe, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, I still remember. Uh, I think it was like, it was either late January or early February. You had texted me on like a Sunday night, asked me if I'd heard it, uh, threw it on on Bandcamp. 
that first track just spirals out. It's so perfectly said that it's like falling into spider webs. I took my dog for a walk in the winter and uh, absolutely loved it. It's just sonic wilderness looping madness i i love this record um thank you jeff conklin thank you dave for turning me on to this uh number 19 i have the newest record from sandy alex g house of sugar Uh, i personally did not care that much for the record rocket in 2017 i felt uh, a lot of people told me I should listen to it and I just never really got it. Uh, and then I heard this one, uh, great recommendation from one of my coworkers. Gretel is one of the, the songs of 2019. Highly recommend this record. Uh, Jay Psalm, Anakko. Uh, if you guys have been around since the very beginnings of Beyond the Pond, you will recall that an episode, I think it was episode one, Dave featured her debut album in our new album recommendations. And uh, I liked that record. Uh, didn't totally, you know, it uh, wasn't, wasn't everything I was looking for at the time. It was a little bit more bedroom poppy than I tend to listen to. But this record just expands on her overall guitar playing, expands on her songwriting, her, her overall kind of sonic uh, abilities. There's a fullness to the sound that I loved. And it's kind of one of those records I could throw on. My wife would be into it. It could be on either in the background or I could throw it on in headphones and just be fully immersed. Uh, number 17, Jake Xerxes' Fusil Out of Sight. Uh, big shout out to John Hart, uh, who has pushed this guy a ton, pushed him in front of us uh, a, a, a few years back. And I love this record. It was where my head and my heart were at throughout 2019. It just makes me think that a cabin in the woods, be it North Carolina, somewhere in Appalachia, be it northern Wisconsin, be it Colorado, it's really just kind of all I need. Uh, and then number 16 for me, Moon Duo, Stars Are the Light. Uh, everything that Ripley Johnson touches just seems to turn to gold. And this was my favorite project of his without question here in 2019. I know another one of them will show up on uh, one of our lists here later on, but I just loved, loved this record. called Leclerc from our buddies at Beyond Beyond is Beyond put this out. Album is called Sauropoda. This is a mysterious European group band. Kind of think like if Can jammed like Deodato or if Can ever put out an album on like CTI in 1972, it might sort of sound like Leclerc. Just say uh, as a 13-year-old boy, I may have Watched some videos that came from my dad's closet, and the soundtrack to those videos kind of sounds like this Leclerc (laughs) record. Make of that what you will, but I think it's fantastic. So for number 14, I have a band called Papir, P-A-P-I-R. I I believe it is their sixth album. It's just called Six in Roman numerals. If all psychedelic rock based out of Denmark is this epic 
that I would like to move there. This is just same here. Four long songs, and it's entirely instrumental. And for me to get excited about an entirely instrumental album is uh is something else entirely. This isn't like a second tier jam band that just decides to like play and not sing for sixty minutes, and people go, "Ooh, that's so awesome!" No, this is uh they put some thought into this, and it's really really good. So I have my number 13, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow. You get the awesome drum sound of John Congleton. If you remember um, back in our interview with Stranded Vokes, Tim Showalter, he said John Congleton always gets the best drums. This album is an excellent example of that. So in addition, this is arguably Sharon's sturdiest batch of songs quite some time i know it has a lot of uh there was a special synthesizer that's used to compose all these songs that really stands out there's some disco songs it's uh it's just catchy a catchy excellent record very heavy as she often tends to be i know that came out i think it came out in january it's one of the first albums mm-hmm. of the year that really held up over time number 12 the new pornographers in the morse code of break lights of course, this being a band whose albums are so consistently good, everyone takes them for granted. They couldn't put out a bad album if they tried. This one's even better than usual because um, the frontman, Carl Newman, I think he takes over production duties entirely. They're assisted on many songs by a string quartet that adds these like, really flowery, like Van Dyke Parks orchestrations seemingly come from out of nowhere, uh, especially in the song called Dreamlike and On the Rush listening to it thinking god where are these strings that coming from it's just uh it's gorgeous excellent record and number 11 had the latest sound from wilco ode to joy they're uh jeff tweedy's getting on there in years looking a bit homeless on stage kind of looking like uh the vietnam veteran the show this is us uncle nicky if you've uh ever seen that show and I would say that the new record could be their best since Ghost is Born. I'm uh, a little surprised at how much I have been enjoying this Wilco album. I mean, Tweety's still doing his kind of uh, world-weary sing-speak, but the instrumentation is as inventive as it's been in a while. The songs are very sturdy, and it's one of those records I just keep coming back to because every time I keep noticing something different, a pedal steel sound I hadn't noticed before, interesting bit of production like you can tell it's a headphones record and they're really putting the work this time so that's been uh i mean woko is a band i saw not that long ago at brooklyn steel i've loved for many years and the fact that they're still putting out records of this quality at this point in their career is uh it's impressive record is the self-titled record from Reservoir Chicago jazz record it's really wild, really bizarre at times, held together in a really groovy way I absolutely love this record first of many shout outs to uh, Rob Mitchum um, at Fish Crit uh, the episode we did with him last 
January or February on the storage jam just threw me down a rabbit hole that ended up in rab- in, uh, in uh, albums like this. I absolutely loved. Uh, number 14, Steve Gunn, The Unseen In Between, one of the best albums out the gates in 2019. That it's in this slot is not an insult to Steve Gunn, just a praising of other albums that came out later in the year. Really great songwriting on this. Excellent guitar work. The song that concludes the album, Paranoid, should be 30 minutes. That would be my only criticism of the entire (laughs) record. It's a near-perfect album, top to bottom. Uh, Number 13, Jonathan Abrams, A Natural Information Society, Mandatory Reality. More Chicago jazz mindfuckery. Thanks, Rob, and thanks, Joel Burke. If you have patience, you will love this record. There's a 39-minute track on it. It's very minimalistic. It is uh, just some of the most incredible musicianship I've ever heard. Uh, the shifting of tones, the shifting of keys as they make their way through uh, the various uh, tracks just blows me away every time I listen to it. There's such a concentrated listening required in this, and I assure you we'll hear about this again from our, our, our larger community. Uh, number 12, an album I featured on new album recommendations recently, Leo Swerfsky, River Without Banks. This is uh, from the Dutch piano player, ambient piano player, contemplative piano-led Dutch perfection. So I describe this. Just put this in my veins every day. It'll calm me down. It'll keep me focused. It'll keep me going towards the most important things in my life, being family, constant learning, health. Whatever it is, this record just sets me at total peace. And uh, number 11, Wand, Laughing Matter. The award for the best Radiohead emulation of 2019 goes to... Seriously, I just can't figure this album out. I love it so much. There's so much happening from a guitar standpoint. It's really well produced. The songs feel like they have six or seven different parts to them, all in three minutes. Segways throughout it. It's... Just a wild, wild record. I cannot recommend it enough. Let's jump into some more BTP community favorite albums. I will kick this segment off here with close friend. This is my concert buddy. If I'm ever going to a show, I am calling this guy up. We've seen probably a hundred shows over the last three years in both DC and out here in Denver. Um, Ryan Smith at luxury sportsman. Number five for Ryan is Sturgill Simpson sound and fury. Number four, Fuck a Twigs, Magdalene. Number three, Norija Bloom, a record you will hear about a little bit later. 
Number two, the National. I am easy to find. Uh, Ryan and I sat front row for the National. We both got a hug from Matt Berenger. Great, great evening. Uh, and number one for Ryan, Bon Iver, I, I. Uh, We got BTP, dedicated fan, dedicated listener, uh, dedicated tweeter, at Chill Collins. John Prue. Thanks, buddy. Really great dude. Uh, number five, Andrew Bird, my finest work yet. Number four, Hiskel, the messenger, terms of surrender. Number three, Strand of Oaks, Eraserland. Number two, Cass McCombs, tip of the sphere. And number one, new pornographers in the Morse code of your brake lights. Going forward, we have Kevin Brinkman, esteemed brother of host Brian Brinkman. He's on Twitter, at Mr. Brinkles. He's got Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. His golden messenger turns a surrender. Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Strand of Oaks, Eraserland, and Cass McCombs, Tip of the Sphere. Next we have Ben Greenfield at Guy Forger OPT. Major, major, major friend of the pod. He was uh, featured in episode 26, the Nassau Tweezer. Episode 48, Iraq. He was uh, took my place as co-host uh, one time in episode 71, The Uncounted Moments Slip Away. He's got his favorite records. Number five, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Number four, Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. Number three, Steve Gunn, The Unseen in Between. Number two, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow. Number one, Cat Laban. Reward. It's an excellent record. She also produced the excellent Deer Hunter album that came out in January. Really, really fantastic record. And she just came out with a record uh, with Bradford Cox uh, of Deer Hunter that's really weird and wild, and I highly recommend everyone listen to it. Uh, moving on, we've got a very, very close friend of Pod, Rob Brennan, can be found at Robert P. Brennan. Uh, he is the owner of Super Moon Beer Co., which is a small batch brewery, family-owned, debuting in 2020 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, It's a brewery. Just a quick note about this, because we are super excited about it. We're actually going to probably do our next live BTP session there uh, at some point here in 2020. Uh, Funky, blended wild beers, and sessionable classics is what they feature at Super Super Moon Beer Co., Uh, And Rob wants to note that they have an exciting collaboration beer project in the works. You can follow them on Twitter. You can subscribe uh, to their email list uh, or also on Instagram at supermoonbeerco. Definitely post a link to that in the notes here. But his number five is Tool, Fear Inoculum. Number four, Sharon Van Etten, Remind Me Tomorrow. Three, Strand of Oaks, Eraserland. Two, Cass McCombs, Tip of the Sphere. And number one, basically a friend of the pod, Hisco the Messenger, Terms of Surrender at this point in time. Uh, We love what MC Taylor does. Uh, And then we got Nick Wilson, a close friend of mine and my brother's. Seen a lot of shows with him. Uh, I had not heard any of these records on his list, and this is part of the reason I always ask him to do this, because it turns me on to so many new records. Uh, A Winged Victory for the Sullen, the Undivided Five, great ambient record. The HU, the Gehrig. Brian Jonestown Massacre, self-titled record. Orville Peck, Pony. 
Le P. Diabolique. This is self-titled Brian Jones to Massacre album now? It's like their 78th record and only gets the self-titled. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Going forward, two more for you at the moment. Justin Bruce on Twitter at J-U-S-T-1-N Bruce. Of course, he is Las Vegas' favorite weatherman. He is a annual Dick's Companion for Brian Brinkman. Good friend of the pod. Very good dude. He's got number five, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Showing up quite a bit. Number four, Steve Gunn, Unseen in Between. Number three, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. Number two, Chris Forsyth, all-time present. Number one, William Tyler, Goes West. And we have RJB. It's at RJP underscore two. Of course, he is the founder of the HF Pod podcast, CEO of the Osiris Podcast Network. Join with us in our episode number 28 where we talked all things wingsuit. He's one of the guys who helps us do this awesome thing. We love you, RJ. He has number five, Chris Forsythe, all time present. Number four, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. Number three, Brittany Howard, Jamie. Excellent record. If I listened to that a bit more, it probably would have been um, in my top 20, I'm thinking. Same here. Number two, Ghost of the Forest, self-titled. Number one, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. All right. So we've reached a big milestone here in episode number 85. We're diving into our top 10 albums. Uh, thank you for everyone who has hung with us to this point in time. I hope you guys have already uh, been taking notes and found a bunch of different records to be exploring. The, the cool thing about this is uh, there's a ton of stuff that can carry you into the winter and into the early uh, part of 2020 and the next decade, if you will. Um, We're going to jump into here, though, our top 10 albums of 2019. Uh, we each have a list of 10. We're going to alternate uh, between uh, where each person is at and uh, feature a quick song from each of the records. So, Dave, why don't you kick us off here? What is your number 10 record of 2019? So my number 10 album is an album that many in the community have already mentioned. Is Steve Gunn, The Unseen In Between, and it's a companion Acoustic Between, which was a recent EP which um, – reimagines a lot of the unseen in between songs just steve and his acoustic guitar the song i'm going to play from that album is called new familiar so really um if you've been listening to this podcast long enough you know how i feel about steve gunn this album might be his best showcase as a songwriter like we know that he can play we know that uh, his producer and his lead guitarist his live show steve elkington he can play with this album, you really get some um, quality songs. He's really coming into his own as a singer. Ironically, I think maybe it could benefit from a few more guitar solos, maybe a few extra five or six minutes tacked on to some of the songs. I know Brian had mentioned the closing track, Paranoid. It seems like just when it should get cooking, it fades out. Uh, this song, New Familiar, I kind of want it to go on forever. So... But yeah, hopefully for his next record, he keeps up by the excellent songwriting and maybe stretches things out a bit more. But let us listen to New Familiar from the Unseen in between. 
Number 10 is Dave Harrington Group, Pure Imagination, No Country. Uh, Dave Harrington is an abstract and wild guitarist from New York City. He sat in at one point this year on one of Chris Forsyth's residency shows uh, at New Blue. And uh, I think that was the one that was just a full hour-long improvisational jam. And it's just so wild. Uh, he's got some really great live shows up on Archive and the Relisten app. Believe the one is from March 1st that I listened to probably 100 times this year. Uh, I w- was introduced to Harrington in his work uh, on the Dark Side Project with Nicholas Jar. Uh, their record Psychic from 2013 was my number three record that year. And this album, Pure Imagination, No Country, is just really fascinating. It really echoes his live shows in a in a way that uh, I, I would love for Fish to do on a studio album. Um, it's almost as though he took the same approach in his live shows and put it to tape, uh, mastered it really nicely. It sounds great. Uh, and then it ends with a really abstract take on the song Pure Imagination from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh it's just a beautiful way to kind of remind you of childhood and take you out of this bizarre album. Uh, we're going to play this uh, a bit of the song here, Neo Arctic Organs, off of Dave Harrington Group, Pure Imagination, No Country, uh, my number 10 album of 2019. for my number nine record Cass McCombs The Tip of the Sphere let's play this song Estrella so this is an amazing album 
from an artist who actually, uh, despite having a large catalog, I wasn't terribly familiar with until 2019. But after hearing this album, it made me want to go explore his other records. This is just rock solid songwriting shot through uh, a classic rockish, almost like indie jam sense. I know that I wasn't able to catch his live show when he came to New York, but I guess from what I've been told, those songs have been stretched out more so than uh, versus his earlier live shows. But just every song on this record, it's excellent. It sounds good. It's catchy. And the last song on the album, Rounder, is essentially a rewrite of Fish is Free. And as it's <laughs> ostensibly... Ostensibly a fish podcast. I got nothing against that big D major riff that is free. If Fish wanted to do a Cast McCones mashup on the forthcoming fall tour, I would be all for that. So I think you'll be hearing some more about this record soon. You don't need me to tell you that it's really good. Let's listen to uh Estrella from Cast McCombs. number nine record so part of the joy of this podcast is discovering new music part of the joy is trying to convince each other to listen to the music that falls in one of our own specific wheelhouses and not necessarily in the others but i would say probably the most joyous part of recording this podcast is when a band comes along that both of us just totally fall for and want to explore every back avenue, back catalog, live show, bootleg, whatever it is that this band has come out with. And we talk about them ad nauseum. And then we talk with other people about them. And in 2019, there was really one band and one band alone that could really do that. And that is Garcia Peoples, one of our favorite young bands in America a band that uh, I will be seeing in late March 2020 for the first time when they play my favorite venue in Denver, Globe Hall. Uh, A band we've talked quite extensively with Mike and Dom about over at Beyond Beyond is Beyond. I mean, there's so many accolades I could throw at these guys here. They've played some of my favorite live shows of 2019, their October residency uh, at New Blue was just outstanding. Every show was diverse. 
48 minute long jam off of one step behind on i believe october 10th it's fantastic as well as some shows that fused more songwriting with really great jamming so garcia peoples put out two official records here in 2019 natural facts came out back in march very song oriented showcases how tight their songs can be how well their songs are written and then one step behind that puts two tape and two wax uh they're fantastic jamming uh just an exciting really intriguing young band um i hope nothing more than for these two dude for these dudes to have the ability to tour and make the music that they want to for years to come and whatever we can do to help spread the word of garcia peoples we're here for so off of their natural facts release i'm going to play my favorite garcia people song total yay number eight I've got Chris Forsyth all time present I'm gonna play dream song so you know we uh we love Chris Forsyth we interviewed him back in episode 63 the listening key that was uh, an excellent interview really touched upon a lot of the stuff that we really try to do with this podcast in terms of finding new and interesting ways to discover new music and how some music can connect you to other music. So whenever people ask me to describe Chris Forsyth, I say, you know, he's not a jam band per se, but he definitely jams. Think of if television, instead of cutting their teeth at CBGB, came of age playing Fillmore East because he studied with Richard Lloyd. Television is one of his favorite bands and that definitely comes out in his playing and in his songs. And All Time Present is a double album that I think is his strongest release to date. It's uh, largely instrumental. So he does uh, does lead vocals on some of the songs. I know on this song, Dream Song, it has um, there's a guest lead vocalist. And of course, the closer on this 
album Techno Top, which I believe is presented in a 19-minute version, is just a D major groove played over and over and over and builds and builds and goes through so many curly cues. And it was one of um song that he enjoyed playing with Garcia Peoples at uh, his many live shows in the tri-state area this year. So we're not going to listen to that one. We're going to listen to Dream Song. My number eight comes from an artist who put out two of my favorite records earlier in the decade. One of them was my number 11 album of the entire decade. It's Bill Callahan, Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest. This was released in three parts in early June. This is Bill Callahan's dad record. Uh, It's an unbelievable testament to the fear and sadness and endless love that comes with fatherhood. Um, it's a very long record and I just fell into it over and over and over again. I could put this on at really any time. It was such a great Saturday morning record throughout the year. I'd get up kind of early, make some coffee, maybe do a little bit of reading, maybe just kind of hang out and just enjoy the peace and quiet in the house. This record just kind of seemed to like creak on every so often. I could put this on at night when I was kind of just getting ready to go to bed. Um, It's a record I'm definitely getting here on vinyl uh, before the year is over. I absolutely love this album. I love Bill Callahan's songwriting. And it just comes across in such a clear way here. And, um, you know, being a young dad myself, having artists that I really love and care about uh, write about their own experiences with fatherhood and especially being a new dad uh, just really uh, appeals to me at this point in time. So um, we're going to play a little bit of his song, Writing. That's one of my favorite tracks and really kind of exemplifies that sense of return to somewhat normalcy uh, after you get over the shock experience of having an infant. But that normalcy is obviously with a new perspective now. Uh, so a little bit of writing here off of Bill Callahan's Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest, my number eight record of 2019. I feel 
good to be writing again. Clear water flows from my pen, and it sure feels good to be writing again. Stuck in the high rapids as night closes in. It feels good to be singing again. Yeah, it sure feels good to be singing again. From the mountains, my number seven. Self-titled album from the mysterious Rose City Band. We're gonna play a song called Fear Song. This album is a testament to all things Chugal. Brah. <laughs> this is a project from Moon Duo and Wooden Ships frontman Ripley Johnson. I think it's just Ripley Johnson and Dudes. I mean, it kind of sounds like an acoustic Wooden Ships album. It's just, it gets described as he says, like a back porch album in Portland with the sun just going down as the shrooms are kicking in. That's about right. I mean, I don't think it outright says it's Ripley Johnson, but its voice is pretty obvious and it kind of made it kind of mysterious on purpose. So this album, it's just, if you like the Grateful Dead, if you like Americana, if you like driving a car and just like staring out the window or kind of having a backwoods fantasy. This is the perfect soundtrack to that. It's just everything is repetitious and noodly and groovy. And you just close your eyes and put your head back and say, fuck yeah, listen to the Rose City Band, man. So let us play Fear Song. Number seven uh, comes to us from one of my favorite singer-songwriters of all time, a uh, man that we featured in, I believe it was episode 74, not for the reasons that we were hoping, uh, mm. Purple Mountains, self-titled debut album, Purple Mountains. Uh, I love David Berman so, 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 so much. Um Unbelievable storyteller, unbelievable songwriter. I was so happy to see him come back and then so sad uh, to lose him forever when he uh, passed away in early August this year. Um, I had a hard time returning to this album uh, following his passing, but I started listening to it a lot in October again. It just felt right. Um, the records recorded really well. Members of Woods were one of my favorite bands or 
his backing band throughout the record. Um, Berman's wit is in front and center. His droll, dimly lit sense sense of humor, um, really sarcastic, sardonic look at the world is front and center. And uh, it's a really good, strong, strong record from David Berman. And, uh, man, I wish that we could have more from him, but, um, this was a good, uh, this was a great statement for him to, to leave us on. Uh, we're going to listen to, it's hard to say favorites with a record like this, but one of the most impactful songs I heard in 2019 and one of the most impactful songs I heard off of this record, uh, nights that won't happen. The dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind When the here and the hereafter momentarily align See the need to speed into the lead suddenly decline Dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind subsides all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind nights that won't happen time we won't spend time we won't spend with each other again with each other So, for my number six album, I've got Sturgill Simpson's Sound and Fury. This is the best clock maker on Mars. Couldn't resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> this record makes you cooler as you listen to it. This is, of course, Sturgill Simpson has a reputation for zigging where you'd expect him to zag. And with uh, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music, he had like a classic outlaw country album in 2014 then in 2016 more of like uh, a soulful like country paladin type tribute to uh, his son in a sailor's guide to earth and then in his most recent album sound and fury it's just the sound of him saying fuck it all let's just make a big loud sleazy dance floor rock album and let's sync it up to uh an anime special. He got a bunch of, I guess he's a big fan of Japanese anime, which I don't know very much about, except that you can go to Netflix and see every song from this album synced up to this incredible Japanese cartoon action comic book. And I think the record label gave them the money to do it. So kind of the closest correlator to this record would probably be ZZ Top's Eliminator in that, it's at its heart, it's a down and dirty rock and roll album, but he likes using some disco sequencers. There's some dance beats, there's a disco bass line. A song that's co written by John Prine, of all people, is actually like a disco song called 
a good look with a crazy infectious baseline. I mean, if there's one minor quibble I have with the album, I think in the service of making it sound blown out, it's a little harsh on the ears at times. Like I think he could have probably gone for the same effect and produced it a little bit better. But I mean, if you wanted to hear like, these are all essentially country songs at heart just shot through this crazy dance rock, sleazy crowd rock aesthetic. I mean, on that basis alone, how could this album not kick ass? It's just incredibly fun. And every time I listen to it, I think, wow, I should listen to this all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fucking Fury. Let's listen to the best clockmaker on Mars. Six album comes to us from a London-based jazz group that I just could not get out of my head throughout the back half of 2019. Band name is uh, Norija. Record is called Bloom. The song we're going to play is Aquanimous. Um, I didn't know very much about this band, uh, this group, but uh, I think I read a review of theirs sometime in early July. Threw it on my um, uh, my music of. Uh, what would have been August through September playlist. I kind of make quarterly playlists as the years going on and, uh, or maybe July through September. I don't know, but, uh, it was on the list. Never really had listened to it. It was just going through stuff on a, a random, like Thursday at work. This came up and I looked down at my screen. I was like three songs in just totally hooked. Every time I listened to it, I could be hanging out with people like dinner party, throw this on in the background. I could have it in my headphones when I was taking the dog for a walk. Um, it was just one of those records that was kind of everywhere for me. And, uh, you know, up there with Jonathan Abrams, up there with um, the Reservoir album that I listed, uh, up there as well with um, the Jamie Branch record that came out uh, earlier this year. Um, just phenomenal kind of psychedelic 
new type of jazz that I'm just super into right now. And again, thank you to Rob Mitchum. Thank you to Joel Burke for kind of pushing this stuff, uh, our direction. Um, this was just a fantastic record. I passed it to a couple of friends. They all got uh, kind of their heads blown from it. So Norija Bloom, uh, Aquinemus. We're going to go ahead and listen to that right now. Before we get to our, our top five picks, we want to feature some Beyond the Punk community favorite albums, starting with Brian's friend Christian Hameter. He's got number five, Brittany Howard, Jamie. Number four, Way is Blood, Titanic Rising. Number three, American Football, LP3, Emo. Number two, Reservoir, Reservoir. And number one, the new Swans album, Leaving Meaning. Going forward, we have a list from Jonathan Hart. Courses on Twitter as RoJ, also at Broke Down Pod. He's the host of the excellent Grateful Dead based Broke Down Podcast. I know uh, he was on Beyond the Pond back in episode 16 when we talked all things bluegrass and fish, as well as episode 60 where we um, covered a dark star from, I believe, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So his records. Are Gerald Cleaver, Nels Klein, and Larry Ox, What Is To Be Done? Garcia Peoples, One Step Behind. Purple Mountains, self-titled. Rose City Band, self-titled. Weeping Bong Band, two. And he had put as an honorable mention, Wooden Wand, James Jackson Toth. Album's called Brooklyn Blizzard. Up next, we've got Brian Whitley can be found on twitter at brian treese you could say brian never misses a show he is always posting pictures and videos from fantastic shows around the new york metro area i know dave has caught a few with him and he is the videographer in some ways unofficially of garcia people unofficial videographer he, garcia. he filmed that uh, god bless him dude filmed that uh, 48 minute one step behind from october at New Blue that uh, I've watched uh, 
uh, about three or four Friday nights in a row at like one o'clock in the morning. So thank you for that, Brian. And uh, kicking things off, he's got Garcia Peoples, Natural Facts, Purple Mountains, self-titled, Chris Forsyth, all-time present. You can start to tell why Brian uh, uh, gets along with us. Uh, Ross Hammond, his 2019 band camp collection, something that uh, Brian messaged to us that uh, you have to dig into this stuff, and I'm planning on doing that here at towards the end of this year. His number one, uh, without question, was Steve Gunn, the unseen in between. Up next, we got at Queen City Jams, one of Denver's finest musical minds. Number five, Mdu Mokter, Ilana, the creator. Number four, Dylan's bootleg series, number 15, Traveling Through, that covers his uh, late 60s uh, uh, revival with Johnny Cash. Number three, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Colorado. Number two, Springsteen's Passaic Night, 1978. Show recorded in Passaic, New Jersey, September 19th, 1978. Unbelievable show off the Darkness Darkness on the Edge of Town tour. Number one for him, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. Next we have our buddy Robert Kerr. We found on Twitter at atfish1997 at 2017. Also at BKER. He's an excellent writer. Hoping to have him on Beyond the Pond in the not-too-distant future. So he has number five, Jimmy Branch, Fly or Die 2, Bird Dogs of Paradise. Number four, $75 bill, I Was Real. Number three, Joshua Abrams, National Information Society, Mandatory Reality. Number two, Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying. Number one, Christian Fennessez, Agora. I always, uh, when I hear National Information Society, my head just goes to the Information Society, one hit they had in... uh, 1989, I think. I want to know what you're feeling. There are some things you can't hide. So, uh, very different band from National Information Society. Just showing my age there a bit with that one. So, going forward, though, got our good buddy, friend of the pod, was on our, our number 70, episode 74, the Damon Berman tribute. PJ Rudolph is on Twitter, at Axela Part 3 is number 5 record. Nalufriania, Miss Universe. Number 4, Fruit Bats, Gold Past Life. Number 3, Cass McCombs, Tip of the Sphere. Number 2, Purple Mountains, Self-Titled. Number 1, Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. And continuing here, before we jump into our top 5, we've got our second annual Overlooked Gems from Rob Mitchum, who can be found at Fish Crit as well as at Rob Mitchum on Twitter. Rob is a fantastic writer. He is currently doing a 25th anniversary tribute to every single Fish show from 1994 onward. Uh, this is a project that started with, I believe, every, 90, every show from 93 onward. Started on Twitter at one point, moved to Medium. He's now got an email uh, list up that we will uh, will share for you guys. Highly recommend it. I don't know many other fish writers or, or writers who write about fish who are able to capture the, their place in larger rock history better than Rob. Uh, you might remember as well, he came on Beyond the Pond in episode 55 when we covered the storage jam. 
Uh, so he has for his overlooked gems. Uh, it's funny because we mentioned a couple of these, which means that we're picking up what he has been throwing down. Uh, Joshua Abrams in Natural Information Society Mandatory Reality. The Hex, my star. Glass Beach, the first Glass Beach album. Matt LaJoy, The Center and the Fringe. Anything that we can do to get Matt LaJoy to keep sending out handwritten notes with a, in his vinyl records, we are in support of. We love what you do, Matt. Uh, and Sus Highline. It just came out like last week. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. If you're a fan of uh, the most recent Yoba Tango album, being there's a riot going on, plenty to enjoy for that Sus album. Very similar. All right. We have made it to the top five. Again, thank you, everyone who's hanging here with us. Uh, We hope that you guys are getting some great recommendations. We're going to be making a couple of different Spotify playlists for this. So um, if there's records that you're like, "Uh, hold on, hold on. I want to know what's going on here. Don't worry. We're going to make some uh, Spotify playlists. And we will be posting some other stuff that uh, I think this year will probably hold the record for songs that are not available on Spotify just based on (laughs) our choices, which is a good thing because you should be listening to this music on Bandcamp and then purchasing it when you can. Uh, but we're going to jump into our top five here. Dave, what is your number five record of 2019? Five record is Way's Blood, Titanic Rising. Let's play this song, Mirror Forever. So Way's Blood is the gnome de rock of one Natalie Murring. And I think she, always, uh, she reminds me a lot of Karen Carpenter, but like a psychedelic Karen Carpenter a little bit of Leslie Feist, except with the ability to uh, evolve more. And this is just an immaculate, produced, luxurious album to lose yourself in. It's kind of a classic side A, side B album. Side A be kind of more jaunty and optimistic. And then you hit the side movies, the song called Movies, I mean. And then it gets underwater and less optimistic and just kind of far more troubled and even more interesting on side B. It's just, it's a whole world unto itself in which to get lost in. And I'm in love with her voice. So it's really, uh, I know I think this is her fourth album. I owe it to myself to go back and listen to her prior albums. I think actually the most stream weighs blood on Spotify is, um, she has a guest vocal on a song by Drug Dealer. I think it's just kind of like lo-fi, like aerial pink type like instrumental artist. So, but really, you owe it to yourself to uh, check out Titanic Rising by Way's Blood. Well, let's listen to the song Mirror Forever. No one's ever gonna give you a trophy For all the pain and the things you've been no one knows but you Kind of crazy when you're looking right through me There's something forceful about yourself Just say the word and baby Know that I'll be there I'm not scared And I see it's all
So my number five comes from one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, the Renaissance continues with Wilco and company. Uh, Wilco's Ode to Joy. So quick synopsis. I got into Wilco in kind of the mid to late 90s. An older cousin of mine passed me a couple of their records. Summer Teeth really connected with me. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot remains my favorite record of all time. Ghost is Born is such a cool extension of how far Wilco is willing to push their sound. And then they had to go through kind of a rebirth. Uh, New lineup. Jeff Tweedy was newly sober and had a much more positive outlook on life. Sky Blue Sky is quite a lingering album. Uh, I loved it initially and then I kind of got bored with it. Now I'm totally back on board with it being a uh, just perfect uh, Sunday morning record. Uh, And then Wilco, the album and the whole love kind of lost it for me. I was, I'd reached a point where I just felt like maybe it wasn't them. Maybe it was me. I just wasn't as interested in what Wilco was putting out. And then Jeff Tweedy released a, a record with his son Spencer under the uh, name Tweedy uh, record Sucre that uh, was about his wife's battle with uh, with cancer. Uh, really impacted me midway through the decade as my wife was going through her own battle. A year later, the album Star Wars came out and totally turned the entire Wilco project on its head. Really bizarre avant-garde type music from the band. Following that, uh, Schmilko came out in 2016, very quiet, subdued, but like the kind of record that you put a he- your headphones on and you heard just a million song, million sounds banging around in there. Uh, Tweedy's solo record, Warm, last year was one of my late arrivals. Absolutely loved that. And then this came out, and this just to me, it's it's a minimalistic, experimental record from the band. Uh, like what Dave was saying, it's just incredible that they're able to evolve in this sort of way at this stage of their career. Um, this is, to me, this is their closest answer to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's not nearly as dynamic, nor as experimental, nor as lush as Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is. Um, I would not put it on that same level, but it's that answer to what happens if we write simple folk songs and then just decide to deconstruct them. And this is. Uh, no better exemplified than my track four on the record, Quiet Amplifier. Um, a brilliant, brilliant tune from this band that I absolutely love. I know Dave and I text about this song all the time. Really hoping that they start playing this live because it's a really fantastic uh, showcase of what this band can do. So we're going to listen to a little bit of Quiet Amplifier here off of my number five record of 2019, Wilco's Ode to Joy.
Okay, going forward, my number four album is Wand, Laughing Matter. The track we're going to play is called Thin Air. I call Laughing Matter the Wait For It album of 2009, as in Wait For It, Wait For It. Oh shit, listen to the what the guitarist just did. Fuck me. Every song on this record, if you wait long enough, the guitars are going to do something really cool. Especially on this song, Thin Air. It sounds like the guitars are like blasting off to like some alien colony. Like the sound, sound gets me every time the guitars in this song. So why not have a bunch of records? I think they did something like they put out like four records in five years. They're, um, I think they're based out of Los Angeles. They're uh, kind of got their start as more psychedelic garage rock, more lo-fi. But I think with each successive album, they've kind of leveled up. And this album, Laughing Matter, definitely it garners some Radiohead, like Ben's era Radiohead comparisons based off of the singer's vocals, who, yeah, he kind of does sound like an American version of Tom York a bit. And kind of the... um big anthemic like guitar sound that focuses on big guitars doing interesting things definitely has a lot of like johnny greenwood ed o'brien interplay to it but it's not a knockoff like you can't just say this sounds exactly like the bends but it's certainly one of the more adventurous guitar albums i've heard this year it's an hour long it has a lot of interludes and suites that segue into and out of each other there's a lot of variety there's a song called Airplane, where uh, continuing the Wilco thread, the guitar solo, if you wait for it, it sounds like it came out of uh, Wilco's, at least that's what you said, that type of dissonant noise. But if you really like guitars, and if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you do, you owe it to yourself to check out Juan's Laughing Matter. Let's listen to Thin Air.
right, so my number four is my favorite Beyond Beyond is Beyond release of 2019. And that is Dire Wolves Grow Towards the Light. I love this label. Mike and Dom, you guys are doing fantastic work. We want to spotlight and highlight music from your label as much as possible. Uh, not just because we like you guys, but because you keep pushing out really fantastic music. And uh, this really kind of exemplified, this record exemplified where my head was at throughout 2019. Every time I heard it, I was just fascinated. I was thrown down this very wild psychedelic rabbit hole that just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper and kind of look up and kind of rub my eyes and be like, is it still going? Oh my God, we're still going. And uh, it just feels like an unending jam uh, in a very fascinating way. This kind of reminds me, not so much musically, but in terms of what Dave was saying about the uh, Papier record, in the sense that, you know, this is what I want out of music. It's instrumental. It's wild. It goes through these different changes and these new patterns and new directions but it doesn't fall back on any sort of the old adages of jam bands that I'm not necessarily inclined to want to hear and follow. Uh, Every time there's like a shift on this record, I feel like I'm seeing music and hearing music in a totally new way. Um, Really cannot recommend this record enough. I've talked to a lot of close friends about it. A lot of BTP listeners have all gotten into this. So um, if you have not heard yet, Dire Wolves Grow Towards the Light, I highly recommend it. Uh, Space Time Rider is the track that we're going to play. My number three album comes from a band called Elder, The Gold and Silver Sessions. The song is called Illusory Motion. It's the first song of three songs on the album. So Elder are these uh, Boston-based kind of Hesher dudes. They've been around for about a decade. They have a few albums. I think the first albums were pretty heavy. And then gradually they kind of veered more of like a metal classic rock style format. And this most recent album, I think one of them or two of them actually moved to Germany. And they kind of phase out the metal in favor of more of like a kraut rock and like cosmiche sound, albeit with some metal, uh, some metal undertones. And in so doing, they kind of end up sounding a bit like early Verve, kind of like Storm in Heaven, like Shoegazy, that type of uh, awesome Richard Ashcroft band Verve. 
and kick insane amounts of ass in the process. This uh, this song, Loser Emotion, might have been the song I listened to most in 2019. It's just this groovy, gliding, kind of kraut rock song that builds and builds. It has a few different themes. And then the last two minutes, the guitars explode. The drums explode. The drummer starts like whacking you over the head with his sticks. And you just say, wow, that peaked very, very hard. And the last song on this album uh, does a very similar thing. Like Each of the songs in this record, they all find a way to really kick your head in and do so in a way that is quite interesting. I know that they have an album coming out in 2020, and I really hope that it's like an hour long that doubles down on this sound, because I think that they're actually much better at this than some of the more like screechier, more uh, like traditional black metal stuff that they did back in the day. I think that they've really found a good niche for themselves here. So I'm uh, looking forward to the next Elder album. So let's listen to Illusory Motion by Elder. So my number three is a record that Dave recommended to me on a random Friday night in April following the conclusion of a NBA playoffs game. (laughs) I don't know what game it was. I just know the setting. I turned off the TV, knew I wasn't going to be falling asleep anytime soon. He said, oh, you should listen to this. And so I threw it on and I had no idea what to expect. And it completely blew me away, and I've listened to it countless times since then. And that is Way's Blood, Titanic Rising. Uh, song I'm going to feature here is Andromeda. Uh, Way's Blood is the gnome de rock of Natalie Marin. Um, just an incredibly creative woman. Uh, this is a near-perfect record uh, in my mind. Dave summed up really well. Classic side A, side B record. Um, the strings on this, the production, her lyrics, her voice. Um, I, I am one who I, I hate Spotify album artwork that like is in motion. I don't know if anybody else shares this, but uh, <laughs> this but hers great. is excellent. Uh, she's got one that's yeah. like uh, I think it's for every day is a, a, a take on the. Uh, Stranger Things theme song, just or uh, theme artwork. Uh, she's got one of her floating kind of in the bedroom aquarium that she has on the cover of the record, uh, and then this one for Andromeda. 
Uh, it's just her like floating through space towards the impending doom of the Andromeda galaxy that will slam into the Milky Way in 2 billion years. Um, I love this record. I, I posted something about a month ago or two months ago as time of posting here uh, that every time I listen to this record, I feel like it's so, so familiar and yet so unique and completely new to my ears. I can't, I, it's one of those records and might be the theme of, of what I loved here this year in 2019. I just don't feel like I can figure it out. This is like the wind record, the dire wolves record for me that I put it on and there's never a moment where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is coming next. And like, I have it figured out in any sort of way. I just feel completely surprised by it every time I hear it. Um, so ways blood, Titanic Rise, and if you have not heard this, I absolutely love this record. I would encourage all of you guys to listen to it, obviously. We're going to listen to a bit of the track Andromeda off of Titanic Rising. Nothing in it for me Except my heart That's lazy Running for my own life now I'm really turning some time Looking up to the sky For something I may never find Stop Before we get to uh, Brian and Mai's one and two, we're going to do our final stretch of Beyond the Pond community favorite albums. And thank you very much to everyone who submitted five records. We appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you listening. So we're going to do Noah McGee. He's on Twitter at Noah K. McGee. He's got number five, Joan Shelley, Like the River Loves the Sea. It's an impossibly lovely album. Number four, Cass McCombs, Tip of the Sphere. Number three, Cat LeBon, Reward. Number two, Sunwashers, Legal Moves. Number one, Scott Hirsch, Lost Time Behind the Moon. We have Eric Lundquist on Twitter at erock3382. Number five, Mike Patton, Corpse Flower. Number four, Gary Carg Jr., This Land. Number three, Green Sky, Blue Grass, All for Money. Number two, Fear Tool, Fear Inoculum, which I say is an amazing 52-minute record trapped inside an 80-minute record. <laughs> Number one, Ghost of the Forest, self-titled. 
So up next, we got Scott King at Mr. Scotty King. He's featured in episode 76, Vancouver Tweezer, when he uh, graciously joined the pod to give us a rundown of the tragically hip. Uh, his number five is new pornographers in the Morse code brake lights. Number four, Strand of Oaks, Eraserland. Number three, Brittany Howard, Jamie. Number two, Andrew Bird, my finest work yet. And number one, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. And up next, we've got Mr. Rick Ivy. We found on Twitter at Rick Ivy, too. And if you are not following Rick Ivy, do you even follow Beyond the Pond? The dude is an Osiris <laughs> super fan, one of the most gracious, one of the nicest, one of the sweetest guys uh, I've met on that website. He just uh, seems to love great content, great music, and shares that with the world. We so, 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 so appreciate you, Rick Ivy. Uh, he sent us four records that he absolutely loved this year. Garcia People's Natural Facts. Guided by, Vo- Guided by Voices, Zeppelin Over China, Chris Forsyth, All Time Present, and Trinastasio's Ghost of the Forest, Ghost of the Forest. I can no longer listen to the Japan Droids cover of the Gun Club song for the love of Ivy without thinking of Rick Ivy now. <laughs> Sometimes we'll even sing it for the love of Rick Ivy. Whoa! <laughs> Going forward, if you have a list from Lot Jesus, it's uh, Nick, Osiris, social media guru, all around fine gentleman. He's got number five, Anderson Pock, Ventura. Number four, Jacob Collier, DeJesse. I think that's how that album is pronounced. Number three, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard infest the rat's nest. Number two, the Claypool Lenham Delirium, South of Reality. Number one, Ryan Scott and the Kind Buds, a Freak Grows in Brooklyn. Next, we have a list from Chris Forsyth, who's uh, on Twitter, at Chris Forsyth. Of course, we interviewed him in episode number 63, The Listening Key. He has Garcia Peoples, One Step Behind, Health and Beauty, Shame Engine slash Blood Blood Pleasure. He's got Magu Mokhtar and Elite Beef. Madu Mokhtar meets Elite Beat in a budget dance hall. Sun Watchers, Illegal Moves, Weak Signal, LP1. Up next, we got close friend of the pod, Josh Carver. At Nola Socks, who was featured in episode 17, where we dove through the work of Wilco. His number five record, Riley Walker, Steve Gunn, Ryan Jewell, Flops in New York. Excellent, excellent <laughs> live recording from the March 5th residency show for Riley Walker. Um, yeah, I talked all year. That, that might be in my top uh, five, uh, that record, that show, just what a unbelievable statement moment that was. One of my favorite nights on Twitter, all of 2019 felt like everyone collectively who was there was telling everyone who wasn't there. Oh my God, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. And then it came out the next morning on NYC taper and everybody, it's really great stuff. And, uh, 
The vinyl is fantastic. Thank you so much for putting that out, Riley. Uh, number four, David Byrne, American Utopia on Broadway. Number three, Bon Iver, I, I. Number two, Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. And number one, say, we've said their name a lot here, and all for good reasons, Garcia Peoples, One Step Behind in Natural Facts. And then we've got Ryan Nichols at Ryan Nichols 7. Of course, he was featured in both episodes 33 and 34, where we covered the entire work of U2. Love Ryan. Love his uh, recommendations and greatly appreciate him coming to us here with this. Uh, he, he mentioned to me, this is not my top five, but these are five that I can stand behind at this point in the year. <laughs> he's, got, he's got Ride, This Is Not A Safe Place. Tom York, Anima, great, great record from Tom York. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Ghost Team. Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rockwell. And Flying Lotus, Flamagra. And finally, we have a list from Beyond Beyond is Beyond. Who knows, is both their lists or just, just, just Mike's list? It's uh, a good question. Um, I don't know. If, it's, if this is not... Mike and Dom's list. I will graciously take the other one, but uh, uh, for yeah. the time being, let's uh, let's go with this being from the the label itself. <laughs> okay, of course we interviewed Mike and Dom back in episode fifty-seven, which we called "Beyond Beyond Is Beyond the Pond." So those records listed here are "Non-Local Forecast," "Bubble Universe," "Reservoir," self-titled, "Christian Fenises," "Agora." Wet Tuna is the project with um, Pat Goobler, PG6, and Matt Valentine. Water Weird. And then Hama, spelled H-A-M-A. Umesa. And then Chris Forsyth, all-time present. All right. We have reached the conclusion here. Thank you guys all for hanging with us. Thank you for exploring all this music and thank you to all of our listeners and all of our friends who shared their albums. I can't tell you guys how much it warms my heart every year to see these lists come in, to know that you guys are all listening to and uh, documenting music as intently as we are. That is just such a joy. I feel every single year over this. Um, So we're here at our top two albums of 2019. And I just want to reiterate this has been a huge year for music. Um, Dave and I could have very easily done a top 30. We'll probably post uh, a bunch of records uh, after this comes out that we think you guys should listen to. But I know I will be posting a top 50 countdown in mid-December here. And uh, I know that as I looked through my top 50 my top 10 list seemed to extend into my 30s, which has never happened to me. There just seemed to be a limitless uh, bound of music that I just wanted to hear and get my ears on. So really happy about that, really pleased about that. I hope that that continues in 2020. Uh, David, what is your number two record of 2019? So my number two record or records, as it turns out, because I'm kind of counting them uh, as one entity for the purpose of this. It's Garcia Peoples, Natural Facts, and One Step Behind. And the track I'm going to play off of Natural Facts is Weathered Mountains. So I first heard about Garcia Peoples in 2018. And admittedly, when I first heard the name, I thought that they were 
a dead cover band. Of course, in doing some research, that turned out to be not the case at all. And they put out an album in 2018 called Natural, uh, no, called Cosmic Cash. And I listened to Cosmic Cash, thought it was very good, but, you know, kind of like a 90s Wetlands album. Like they kind of sounded like a band that might have played the Wetlands in 1995, gone on to like 7.30 opening for Mo or something like that. I thought, you know, this is this is good. So not bad, but not the stuff of legend necessarily. And then um, I think, although it came out in 2019, towards the end of 2018, I uh, heard Natural Facts for the first time. And I said, oh. All right, now, this is a band I've really got to start taking seriously. Natural Effects is just psych folk par excellence with great harmonies, great songwriting, very much on the Meat Puppets tip, very much in like a mid-90s indie rock tip, kind of like almost like a more psychedelic version of Pavement at times. It's just a fantastic album. You can really get yourself lost in it. And even more so, those songs are really developed on stage. Like what sets Garcia peoples apart from others, say, quote unquote, jam bands that they really put the songs first. And although they absolutely improvise, they don't do so in kind of like the waka waka kind of like funk vamping format that a lot of like the more, uh, I guess modern jam bands have decided to do. So Natural Facts was the first salvo of 2019. And then towards the end of 2019, uh, this past October, they put out One Step Behind being the two-song album, with the uh, first song being 32 minutes and the second song being eight minutes. And One Step Behind is just the gift that keeps on giving. It's... um also really coming to its own on stage and i know we kind of featured that album in uh, the episode that i believe it, it uh it came before this one right brian because we haven't put it out yet absolutely yeah okay yeah we haven't put it out yet but um you will have been released you will have heard it by the time this goes to press so i won't talk too much about that except to say that the album is a great achievement This is a very exciting band. I think it's one of the more exciting bands to come out of New York, New Jersey in ages. I know they already have LP4 in the works, and I'm extremely excited to see where they go with that. So I think that uh, as good as 2019 was, 2020 is going to be a really big year for this band. So let's listen to Weathered Mountains off of the Natural Facts album. Travel through the mountain 
All right. So my number two record is connected in more ways than one to Dave's number two records. Because this is Chris Forsyth, all-time present. I'm going to play the song Tomorrow Might As Well Be Today, which is definitely one of my top five songs of 2019. Uh, This album is just everything I wanted to hear musically throughout the whole year. Huge guitars, wild experimentation, moments where, you know, you think like on Dream Song, the song is coming to an end. And then even if you've listened to it 30 or 40 times, they're right back in the song. Um, Lots of crazy atmosphere. The drumming of Ryan Jewell, I cannot emphasize enough. Probably my favorite drummer uh, playing music and making music right now. It's all over this record and uh, just adds such a fantastic uh, touch to everything from a rhythm standpoint, from a noise standpoint, just lingering in the background. Just such a great drummer. This record is produced really well. It sounds really bright, really shimmery. Um, Yeah, I just love it. And the fact that it ends with 20 minutes of techno top, which as Dave noted, just this ongoing build of a guitar chord and riff over and over and over again and the song just like it, it it's like an onomatopoeia it just it's it is what it is um there's a 32 minute version of this from march 29th at new blue the garcia people's record release show for natural facts that uh chris forsyth sat in for an insane second set where they played like a 20 minute other one they played a richard thompson song and then they ended with this 32 minute techno top and it's just this type of stuff that throughout the entire year this is what i wanted to hear over and over and over again whenever i didn't know what to put on i knew to put on chris forsyth and that just bright I just, it made me so happy. It made me smile. And uh, then it would make me think. And it would just take me in all these different directions whenever I heard it. Um, Very underrated, three o'clock in the morning. Should we open another beer? Yes, we should open another beer and also put this album on. And we're going to have three more beers type of uh record so <laughs> and those are kind of like the best that's like the tonight's the night record of 2019 so uh chris forsyth all-time present thank you for all the great music that you make chris i hope to see you live here at some point in denver uh you got food and shelter if you need to get out here and and get that all covered whatever it takes would love to see you live and um i hope everyone who listens to the podcast and uh beyond the pond in general discovers this record if you have not yet it's so fantastic so let's play a little bit of tomorrow might as well be today
Okay. My number one album in 2019 was Father the Bribe of Vampire Weekend. Now, I'm a little surprised in the sense that I love Vampire Weekend. Uh, the album that came out in 2013, Modern Vampires of the City, was one of my favorite albums from that year. One of my favorite albums of the, the 2010s. But they had taken time off. I mean, I think the time between that album and uh, Father of the Bride was six years. I know Rostam had left the band, and a lot of people thought that Rostam was basically Vampire Weekend's not-so-secret secret weapon in terms of the production values that he could provide. But that turned out not to be true. Their secret weapon was Ezra Keening all along. Don't ever bet against Ezra Keening. That dude's thinking. I mean... This album, it's pretty shaggy. I think it has like 18 songs. Out of those 18 songs, there's like three or four that I can't remember what they sound like, even though I've probably heard them five or six times. But for the other like 14 or 15 songs, they're amazingly written, immaculate sounding. It's just lusciously produced. I know it's almost, this record almost kind of feels like a studio project in the sense that, I mean, Ezra, he's got the other members of Vampire Week and they have um, a bass player and a drummer, both named Chris, last names escaped me, unfortunately. They certainly participate in this album, but it almost kind of feels to me like what Steely Dan did with like Aja and Gaucho and that they just brought in like a bunch of awesome studio ringers to make like the best sounding album possible. And, there's a lot of guest musicians. I know there's like David Longstreth from like Dirty Projectors. He plays a guitar solo on uh, the first single, Harmony Hall. Danielle Haim sings like female co-lead vocals on half these songs, which means that my five-year-old loves it. And she does love it. She does these like crazy interpretive dances to uh, the song Married in the Gold Rush, which we're actually going to play. She loves the song This Life. She loves Harmony Hall. So... Again, it's another record that uh, me and my wife both love, and we love seeing our daughter enjoy it as well. So that kind of uh, raises it a bit in my esteem. But it's just fun to have a band come back after six years and put together this really goofy, shaggy, and yet well-produced and well-written album. And they've also kind of um, become a bit of a jam band live because they've really expanded their live ensemble they started playing arenas. They do kind of like a, almost like 10-minute shoegazy cover of Bob Dylan's like 1983 son Joker Man, which, okay. And now they have two drummers. And all I got to say is like, once you've gone two drummers, you're a jam band. There's no coming back from that. Embrace it, dude. So, yeah, this is – uh. It showed up a lot in the BTP community, and I don't think there was an album that had quite as much goofy fun or played in the family car as much as uh, Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride. So let's listen to the uh, kind of bleepy and bloopy song, Mary in a Gold Rush, which is a duet between Ezra Keenig and Daniel Heim. Something's happening in the country, and the government's to blame. We got married in a gold rush And the rush has never felt the same Shared a moment in a cafe Shared a kiss in pouring rain Oh, we 
number one record is from one of my absolute favorite artists of the last 10 years who put out my favorite record of the year and one of my favorites of the decade this came in at number seven in my top albums of the decade list that is Cass McCombs tip of the sphere uh, as I noted probably in that episode I'll just kind of go over it quickly here I was introduced to Cass McCombs by Friend of the pod, Colin Warren, when we were living in Alaska together back in 2008. Um, followed him throughout his career Then, uh, since then. I saw him at Pitchfork Festival in 2010 when he played a very lo-fi, shaggy indie rock set. Then saw him a year later in Portland, Oregon, uh, touring off of Wit's End. It was a much more dramatic kind of set piece, uh, theatrical type of set, very slow, very methodical. I uh, put out uh, Big Wheels and Others uh, in 2013, a record that uh, I think it came in at number 20 for me that year. I saw him in 2014 and he had suddenly turned kind of shaggy and started making a little bit of like a looser, jammier sound. And I remember really loving that show from The Empty Bottle. Uh, Mangy Love came out in 2016 and kind of perked my interest a little bit more in terms of where he was going with his overall sound, really reminding me of um, uh, the, the records, the first records that really got me into him. And then this record came out in early 2019. I remember a close friend of the pod, John McGar, sent me a link to the NPR release, you know, a couple of days before it came out and I threw it on. And the song that I'm going to play here, I Followed the River South to What, is the opener of the album. And I remember just being like, oh my God, Cass McCombs is meeting me halfway where everything I want to hear from music is now coming through one of my favorite artists. This very loose Americana, jammy, kind of shaggy sound that was coming out. Uh, friends of mine started to see him as as he toured in the early uh, part of the year and uh, reports came back that were fantastic that I was super excited about. I saw him right after, I think it was the night after my birthday, really fantastic show. And this whole record just followed me around throughout the whole year. Rounder, Sleeping Volcanoes, I followed the river south to what? Um, 
every song on this record uh, has kind of a story for me throughout the year, uh, all connected with me on a really big level. And like I said, just having one of my favorite artists meet me halfway where my musical interests were was such a cool experience. So we're going to listen to a little bit of I Followed the River South to What here off of Cass McCombs' Tip of the Sphere. If you have not heard this, cannot recommend it. My number one record of 2019. Thank you once again for every one of you who's hung out with us here throughout uh, tonight's episode. Hope you guys got a lot of new music to explore as we as the year turns to 2020. Um, not going to go through every song that we played here, but I will just note we're going to come up with a couple of different playlists for you guys. You should be seeing those uh, shortly after this episode drops, covering uh, everything from our community favorite albums to our honorable mentions to our own top 20 albums of 2019 have no fear (laughs) there's going to be a lot of music for you guys to absorb uh really excited for you guys to hear either familiar pieces that uh you really enjoyed throughout 2019 or perhaps new music which is always part of the point here absolutely and just a reminder that we are on social media you can find us on twitter at underscore beyond the pond one word We've got a Medium page, medium.com slash beyond the pond. And like Brian was saying, we'll be uh, Spotify playlists. If you want to check out the Spotify master playlist, that's under uh, the Beyond the Pond podcast songs. Of course, whenever we talk about Spotify, we say it's a great way to find new music. It's great to listen to on the subway. But if you really enjoy these bands, you got to go the extra mile. You've got to buy vinyl records. You have to see them live. you got to buy some merchandise because it is harder than ever to make mute, ah, make money in the industry these days. And uh, plays in Spotify just don't cut it. They do not. And uh, like Dave said, responsible Spotify listening. We are going to continue pushing Bandcamp here in 2020. And continue to remind you guys, go see live music, buy merch, buy uh, a T-shirt, buy a record from any band that you enjoy. It helps out immensely. 
Um, publishing structure wise, so you guys have heard a lot of us here over the last month. So we put out our final Cypress episode. Uh, we put out a couple episodes uh, celebrating uh, Fish Tour, uh, Fish Fall Tour 2019. Uh, as I record this here in mid November, I hope that future me, December 2019 me, is very pleased <laughs> at Fish Fall Tour. Um, we have one more episode coming out here in 2019. It is our third annual holiday special which we are quite excited about. And then we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here in uh, early 2020. Uh, Just take a little bit of time off in early January while we reset, make some plans for the year ahead. Should be a really great year uh, coming up ish Mexico in mid February, plus a bunch of guests that we're excited to have on and a few that we have not yet reached out to, but know that uh, we want to have on here and, plus more fish jams and more going beyond the pond, all that sort of fun stuff. So um, we hope that you guys have enjoyed this. We've certainly enjoyed uh, presenting these episodes to you guys on an every other week and sometimes more often basis. It's been a really big year for us here, 2019. Um, We're super excited about where things are at and uh, just can't wait to keep going forward into a new decade. Yeah. If you listen to this far on the podcast, pat yourself on the back. We very much appreciate it. Also appreciate it if you want to leave us an iTunes review because we like reading them, we like looking at them, and anything to increase our uh, our visibility in Tim Cookland is a good thing. But yeah, just to restate everything that Brian said, 2019 we think was a very big year for the podcast, and there will have uh, some guests in 2020, as well as some guests that don't know that we could be reaching out to them sure they will gratifyingly say yes when we ask to come on the podcast but come back shortly we'll have our fun holiday episode in which we'll be drinking hot toddies and or mulled wine and talking about all the things to make the holiday season great we will hold hands we will sing kumbaya we will fight fish myopia and we will go beyond the pond